Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, guys, we got a couple of really cool episodes coming at you over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, Chris, why don't you give them a little rundown of why are we doing this listener ride review push right now? Man, because COVID-19 has a bunch of people shacked up in their houses not doing a damn thing. Truth. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So so everybody, we got a lot of guys at home, a lot of listeners at home, and we kind of wanted to give our listeners something to listen to, right? We thought, hey, we can't do a lot to help, but what we could do is we could make more shows so that people have just another place to have some fun and talk about stuff that we still care about. Um, so, yeah, so we're we're doing listener rides just like back in the old days, man. Well, I think, you know, Paul, you know, it, uh, kudos to you, man. You know, you've been taking uh, the, the initiative here. I haven't been able to get on many of these. You know, I my job description's a little different than yours over at the shop. And, uh, you know, who would have thought working from home we would be busier than <laughs> or I would be busier in my day-to-day stuff than what I would have been working a normal work schedule. But, uh you know, you put a lot of time into all these, you know, uh, interviews and whatnot, getting the guys and, you know, making sure the outlines are on point. So I appreciate you having me on just for the intros. Oh, alone. So please. Thanks, so much fun to have you here, Chris. Uh, and I know a lot of our listeners who I've had on so many Cummins, by the way, um, a lot of the guys still still end up yeah. talking to you even after the show. So, hey, if you're a listener and you want to get on the show, uh, jump on to fans of Facebook. I'm sorry. Jump on to the fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group. Uh, uh, just request to join that and I'll automatically approve you. Uh, get in there and we link up. You can actually go and sign up to be on the show. You can be a part of the show. Um, I do have a heads up. This will be our first episode. This will go live this week, Chris. Uh, so we're recording this Monday, April 13th mm-hmm. at night. So this will probably go up tomorrow. Um, we are, I, I will be rescheduling some of your guys' interviews if you are scheduled for next week. Uh, I'm going to be out of the office. My wife having a baby. Um, so we we will not be doing interviews uh, while I have a, a less than one week old at home. We'll resume the last week of April. So so we'll kick back up then once we can kind of <laughs> get our handle back onto things. Uh, but we're excited for that. So that's coming. Uh, before we dive into today's listener ride review, Chris, I wanted you to talk a little bit about EcoBoost tuning. Yeah, so the EcoBoost platform has been something that uh, the guys uh, ourselves over at Calibrated Power have seen a a lot of value in. Um, The EcoBoost platform uh, covers an array of years, so 2011 through 2020 is what we're covering so far. And uh, every generation, you know, there's a lot more gains to be had. So um, everything's done off of the EasyLink platform. So you have this really cool uh, cell phone interface for flashing tunes. You have engine and trans support. Um, there's flex fuel support. We're wrapping up some E85 specific tuning, uh, with some injector and injector pump upgrades, which surprisingly compared to the diesel stuff, it's like pennies on the dollar. So it's really crazy to <laughs> talk about, you know, the amount of injectors and a pump and, you know, you're, you're still looking at uh, three digit dollar signs, not, not four and five digit dollar signs. So it, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to, to see that, but, uh, just the evolution of, of the product and, you know, power gains that are similar to the turbo diesel power gains that you know we're we're used to seeing in in our space in our industry so a uh, really solid platform a lot of improvements to be had uh, it's it's amazing to me though Paul how many uh customers that we've dealt with so far on this were already once a customer of ours in the Duramax or Cummins space uh they owned a diesel and then they saw that they didn't need a 3 quarter ton or 1 ton 
So they go to the halftime twin turbo EcoBoost platform. Um, so there's a really cool crossover there. So yeah, yeah that that's some of the fun stuff we've been doing over there, <laughs> over at Calibrated. So <laughs> yeah, man, 520 horsepower. Um, it is not <laughs> one. It's 520 horsepower with a much lighter truck, so your your vehicle legitimately yeah. feels much much faster but to the dollar per horsepower to get to that 520 number like you said it feels like nothing in comparison to diesel uh they have been a lot of fun twin turbo v6 direct injection if you've been on the fence about an eco boost for your wife or for a second vehicle hard to say no i get it man uh yeah. and with a tune they are it is a night and day difference just like we're used to on a, on our side of the fence um speaking yeah. of was some of the things that maybe have been around for a while but now we're really starting to talk about a lot more uh, LB7 VCO injectors. So we did an awesome episode, Chris, yeah. you and I diving into those, the VCO versus yep. SAC. What's the difference? Like LB7, we did a whole LB7 injector history episode. Um, Diamond-like coating DLC ball seats for the VCO injectors, really probably the biggest improvement that's ever been made to LB7 injectors. Yeah, no, uh, you know, there's definitely an improvement there. Exergy was very open with, you know, they've been working on that platform for several years uh, leading up to, you know, the injector that we can offer now to the general public. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where getting guys now, since these injectors have been out for some time, going back to guys back in 2016, 2017 that have had those injectors from, you know, Exergy's inception to offering it um, and seeing that they're living a long, healthy life. Uh, makes a lot of sense. So getting that education to the d general public, the industry itself, to know that, hey, this is a good injector. It comes at an affordable cost, um, and it has some newer-ish style technology on an, on an old platform. You know, so it's always cool to see that. I did just want to give a shout-out. WC Fab and that L5P intake, we've talked about it on the show before. If if you just have a, a really cool fab fabricated intake jump onto wc fab's facebook page jump onto their website check out that l5p intake we'll be more about powder coating and all of the specific upgrades that go along with uh, for today uh, chris why don't we kick it over to an interview i did with brent uh Levan. rough on that on that pronunciation i'm sure i'll get it right in the interview uh any last notes or any last final thoughts for our listeners today chris Man, the WC Fab, their intake, they just uh, published a, a, a color of uh, a, a high-flow bundle kit, if you will, and they had this blueberry frost. And uh, I know we've talked about this before, Paul. I'm, I'm really big with the frost colors. Blueberry man, it frost. Really it sounds like something really I would nice. order at Baskin-Robbins. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, all right, guys, let's get over to uh, the interview I did with Brent. Uh, take away, Paul and Brent. All right, guys, it's time for my new favorite part of our show, which is our listener ride review. Uh, today, we have on a special guest, Brent Van Lewin. Uh Brent, how the hell are you? You know, we're doing pretty good if we can stay warm today. It's a balmy 10 degrees outside, so we're hitting it pretty hard. Oh, my back just shudders when I think about that. Whereabouts are you in the country? Uh, way upper northwest corner of Iowa. So last night, yesterday, we got kind of blasted with a blizzard. So here we sit recovering from that. Pretty awesome Better. for April, but 
welcome to Iowa. <laughs> Better you than me, I always say. Uh, I know how how that weather can really kind of drive us inside, but uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. You generally work outside. Uh, you're around tractors a lot, and I'm sure that's going to play into my next question here, which is how did you start in diesel performance? So back in high school, uh, one of my classmates had a 99 Dodge regular cab with the biggest mod of, of all back in high school was basically a straight pipe. Um, had a lot of fun with that <laughs> truck riding around. We carpooled to the community college that I went to and yeah, just had a lot of fun around it. And then I started working for my local John Deere dealer and basically the rest is history. Just started working on diesels and love everything about diesel and Always told myself one day I was going to own one, and then I found that uh, 2006 that I have now, uh, Dodge, and yeah, bought it up and started playing from there. Yeah, let's dive in. This is one of the longest mod lists I've ever seen, listeners. Uh, Brent has done a thing or two to this truck. Run us through. It's an 06 Cummins. Uh, what do you have done to it so far? So I bought it with uh, 109,000 miles on it back in 2009, and it was about as bone stock as it gets. Uh, pretty confident there was even some stock parts that weren't on there anymore. It was that stock. <laughs> um, started just adding some basic intake exhaust. Uh, did throw a tuner on it, a bank six gun, just to play around a little bit with it. And then over the course of a few years, ran it a bunch, used it for some mild towing, didn't really do a whole lot of super heavy or any competition things with it but got to the point where my tranny started slipping real bad which 48re what else is new <laughs> and so then i just started kind of pricing in you know is it better just to dump it after i pay it off is it better to start playing with it and then yeah penciling everything out it started playing so i basically started from scratch had the tranny gone through i uh, got an ats stage four transmission put in over in colorado actually made kind of a uh, call it a man trip out of it. I took a couple of my buddies over there for a few days and we just went and saw the sites while they worked on the pickup. So that was beautiful a area. Too. Yeah. And then that was basically a year ago. Oh, a gorgeous area. Gorgeous. Basically that was a year ago today, almost that we'd started that. And then I started ordering parts over the winter and I've got everything just about wrapped up on it. Um, right now I've got a set of 25% over injectors from industrial injection uh, 33% over CP3, just to kind of support that. Uh, an S364 turbo from BD Diesel. Uh, exhaust manifold from BD Diesel, 4-inch dual exhaust. I've got a Banks Ram Air intake uh, manifold in there. I've also got their uh, Technicooler intercooler system. Stage 2 water methanol, um, heavy-duty push rods, 103-pound valve springs. Kind of, if you want to say I went with everything needed to support, call it that 650, 700 horsepower range. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you got a really solid shot at, at 650, 700 horsepower. Um, okay, it's I, I caught something here, and I just want to make sure our listeners are following along. So you got the truck in 2009, but you didn't build the trans until 2019? Correct, correct. So like I said, I, I'm... I'm one of those typical people that doesn't need a diesel. I just wanted it and wanted to have it. So, like I said, it, it, it got a little bit of towing behind it, some equipment I'd haul around from my work to my house, whatever, as I'm doing some work on our acreage. Uh, and actually what the icing on the cake was I went and rescued my buddy who has a 2007 uh, Dodge with a Cummins. 
that got into an accident and he couldn't drive it home. So then I grabbed his trailer and went and rescued him. And dragging him home is when I started, if you want to call it, ending the life of the transmission. So that's when everything started slipping real hard. And then from there, it just kind of slowly went downhill. So then it was at that point, I babied everything along as long as I could. But it got to the point I needed to start fixing or, or get rid of it. And fixing was a lot more fun than paying on another payment of a new pickup. So <laughs> a story reminds me of some advice my dad gave me, which was uh, a friend in need is, is somebody else's problem. Anyway. Uh, but here you go, and, and you made it. I like that. Uh, it's, it's, it spurred something good. Something good came out of it. So the hardest part was kind of picking, call it picking a horsepower range, and then figuring out everything I needed to support it. Because, you know, I know enough about them that you, you can have too much turbo for your fuel. You can have too much fuel for your air. So I went the roundabout way of kind of picking a turbo that I wanted. I know bigger singles are usually harder to spool, a little bit harder to go offline that kind of thing, but Twins wasn't quite in the budget at that point, which I say the word budget loosely because we had a budget once and then that got thrown away a couple times. But uh, but it got to the point where I basically, here's my turbo, here's what I'm after, what do I got to support with it? And that's where I kind of just started calling around to the different shops. You know, the guys at Industrial were super helpful, picking out everything I needed. You know, this could work, but this is going to work better for you, so play around with it that way and like i said it just kind of went from one thing to the next and we kept adding on top of it so that's awesome man w which mod do you think made the biggest impact what was like a night and day difference from installing it i'm gonna be honest it was the tranny um i realized going from a stock to a, a stage four was a huge jump but that drive to Colorado and the drive home, holy shit, that was completely <laughs> different pickup without having any other supporting mods on it besides a Banks exhaust, a, a, a cold air intake, and a tuner. But just the firmness of the shifts and, you know, you can lock in your overdrive whenever you want to. It, it was just right then and there a totally different truck. So once I started throwing everything else on, it was like two weeks ago, I finally got it running for the first time and then drove it around a bunch. Had a couple wiring issues I had to work around because my torque converter clutch was locked on. So I basically would start in third gear everywhere I went. Ooh. So I first time I test drove it, it was kind of like, God, this is kind of a doggy piece of shit. I don't know what I did wrong here, but a little bit of diagnostics. I figured out when I moved my ECM out of the way to do a couple of work on that side of the motor, I knocked a couple of the wires loose that the uh, transmission controller ties into. So once I got that fixed, everything kind of woke up from there. And yeah, it's without even having tuning or anything on it yet, it really throws it back in your seat in a way. Love that. Hey, I know anytime I've talked to somebody doing a build, they get down to the end of it, or they get down to this point where it's back on the road and they look back and they kind of say, you know what, man, that transmission, it was the best thing I bought for my truck. And then they always have something in the back of their head where they're like, this thing I bought was a total waste of money what what's your mistake you made when buying parts for this build um biggest mistake i'm gonna say would be i did jump down the rabbit hole of like a throttle sensitivity booster um, oh. i thought okay that's gonna help keep everything up to snuff in there and then i was like mm, we can tune around this so i really didn't do it <laughs> but the advantage i have there is i have another another place that that can go uh, so I can get rid of it pretty easily, but it was just kind of a uh, buying the part before I did all the research on it and realized that it was going to be a waste of time. But otherwise, I honestly can't say I had too much 
Uh, I don't want to sound boastful at all, but I don't say I had too much that I, I didn't appreciate or thought, you know, this was a hunk of junk. Well, I should have never usually, bought it. Um, everything kind of wraps around itself. Usually that's because somebody like you does a lot of, of education. You, you spend a lot of time learning about what parts are going to match up with what. Uh, you've already mentioned a few places, a few shops you called to kind of learn more. What are where are some of the places that you go to learn more besides the podcast? Uh, where else do you learn about diesel performance? Um, a lot of it is just on like factory direct websites. You know, you can you can learn a lot just going on industrial injection and and punching up different different things on their injectors or their pumps. Uh, forums are huge. I spend a lot of time on Cummins forum. Uh, taking into account, you can have some haters on there, some some guys that, you know, they can preach one thing and, and say another and have two different things. But uh, even just different Facebook groups. I mean, it, it's crazy what social media has turned into, but what kind of help it can actually do. You know, that's such a true statement. I mean, we all know that there's a lot of bullshit out there, but I think most reasonably intelligent people can sift through it to find the parts that are helpful. Um, I know I've spent more time than I'd ever care to admit on forums and Facebook groups, just trying to look for simple answers, but sometimes taking that time to read through all those articles really give you a much wider perspective about, or for when it comes time to actually work on your own truck. Um, I know personally, anytime I've been out working on a truck, uh, there's always somebody who's jumped in and really kind of helped me out. Who's helped you out during your build? Uh, I, I have had a, like I said, I had a few conversations like with the guys over at industrial trying to make sure I had everything figured out. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't going to have too much air for the fuel or vice versa. Um, I did have a couple buddies come over. Also, I'm going to call them diesel enthusiasts that came over to help out. Um, but like I say, a lot of it, you know, I, I, I know where to kind of draw the line. That's where my transmission went over to ATS. Not going to say I couldn't rebuild it, but it was out of my comfort zone. And throwing 700 horsepower at something I kind of wanted to hold up. I know it, I know a decent motor pretty well, so I was comfortable with tearing into that part of it, but it got to the point where I know when enough is enough and I got to pay somebody that knows what the hell they're doing to, to do it the right way. Uh, but like I said, otherwise it was, it was just a lot of, a lot of late nights doing homework research, um, going online, just typing in different things. And, and like you say, sifting through it, but looking for more than one answer. Don't just take the first answer you find of a question and, and run with it. You got to look for the same, same issue or problem or factor and see what four or five, six other people had to say about it and kind of, kind of rule it out that way. I like it. Good stuff. Well, Hey, I know one of the questions you had was you'd like to talk a little bit more about EFI live tuning and general kind of how it works. Um, and, and how do we change the tunes based on what parts you have? So I thought I would address this. I thought this would be a good time to kind of dive in. So you've mentioned your bank six gun, one of the better box programmers on the market. I got no problems with that. It's better than stock. Um, but with the technology out there today, it's it's a little bit dated on how it works. So with EFI live tuning, MM3 tuning, Easy Link, any custom tuning platform, um, what we're doing is is we're doing a lot like what the factory did. And that's we're actually programming the ECU with different parameters in order to get different results, right? I guess that's like the simplest way I could put it, which I think just about everybody has kind of a basic understanding of. Um, for example, like like to give like a, a specific, like your truck from right. the factory in 06, dynos, will we say it, 300 horsepower. It's probably right around there. Some, some give and take on that. Um, 300 horsepower for the factory. But I know if I go into the the actual engine computer and tell it to push more fuel and more air, that I can get it to make more horsepower, 
So why doesn't the factories do that from the start? Well, the factory has to be willing to cover the warranty on this truck for anybody who can be financed. Not anybody who needs the truck, not anybody who knows diesel, not anybody who knows something about towing, not anybody who passes a certain IQ test. Like it's anybody who can finance the truck. So they have to dial these trucks way back from the factory. Um, that gives them a lot of overhead. It also creates that opportunity for enthusiasts like you and I to go in and say, well, I know how to use my truck. I know when I need more power and when I don't, let's access some of that. Um, so it, it's literally, it's it's rewriting the engine computer to get more fuel out of it. Uh, with that is also involved reading and flashing, which are big parts of custom tuning. Uh, for your truck, we generally don't need to read out the stock file, although it's not really a bad idea. So if you have an EFI Live programmer, uh, you should be able to read out that 5.9 stock ECM file. Uh, and then you you literally flashing us just writes over what's in the engine computer. Most cases, it probably doesn't rewrite everything. It, it rewrites the main operating system. So like a full flash, be a full operating system flash. Um, in those files, tuners are adjusting, depending on the truck and the tuner, they're adjusting 50, 100, 150 different actual engine parameters. Uh, and that's what builds up an actual custom tune. Um, I, I hope that explains it. Are there any parts that like are a little bit fuzzy or you've heard somebody explain it, but you'd like to talk a little bit more about it? No, it, I mean, it. that does make perfect sense. It it does clear up a lot. It was just more of, you know, take like I said, take the parts that I have, my, my 25% over injectors, my 33% pump, the transmission platform that I have set up, and what what deciphers that different from a guy that, say, only put, uh, I think, 30% over is the next size down injector, you know, or, or, or 13% over injector, just a smaller platform. How do you change from that smaller platform to a little bit bigger to a little bit bigger to a little bit bigger? A lot of it has to do with testing. Um, so, so let's hone in on an example, and then we'll talk about kind of the broader picture here, right? So it, it, I like the example of just injectors because the difference in a tuning calibration from 25% and 30%, it really depends on what you want to get out of that tune. If you're just looking for peak power, you could probably run the exact same tune file on a set of 30% as you could on a 25%. In fact, I know you could. So you could just mix out, like, here's the maximum pulse width. Uh, so the maximum amount the injector is allowed to spray before that injector starts actually dropping oil pressure, before it actually drains the rail faster than your pump can keep up with it, right? Um, so it, it'll run the same, but gotcha. but those 25% injectors at idle are going to haze a little bit more. They're going to have more heat uh, when they're just operating normally. They're they're going to be smoky when you're out on the road and you're really getting on it. So while that same calibration could run either set of injectors because they're so so close of you know twenty five to thirty percent refinement, good custom tuners are going to go in and refine it just a little bit more so that yeah you still get that peak power, but we can get rid of the haze, we can get rid of the smoke, we can minimize the heat. And that's what a lot of your injector tuning is all about is you don't want injector rattle. Gotcha. You don't want haze. You don't want smoke. You do want peak power. Where do we find that balance? Um, now that same concept can be applied to all yep. of the aspects of tuning, right? So we go into each individual piece, like say your, your CP3 pump. Um, in this, we might, we might put that FCA a little bit differently, right? Your fuel control actuator, we might work the control on that a little bit differently, depending on how big of a pump you're running. 
So an industrial 33 compared to like an XRG 12 mil, those are going to require different calibrations on that specific component. But then uh, again, a good custom tuner is also going to look at what's the relationship with all of your other parts, right? Um, Things that I think guys get stuck on is like, when I look at your list of mods here, um, there's no tune adjustment for a Banks Ram air intake, a four inch exhaust, an exhaust manifold, an intercooler, an intake horn, an intake plate, a lift pump, fuel distribution block, valve springs, fuel inlet tubes, push rods, coolant bypass, coolant filter studs, even water meth. There are no tune adjustments for any of those modifications. Maybe like you have to turn an exhaust coat off or something, but you don't actually change anything in the tune when somebody does any of those parts to their truck. What yeah. you're going to change in the tune is the stuff we can control electronically. You know a lot about diesel engines and you've torn them apart, so you know where all these wires go. So like my general rule of thumb for somebody maybe newer to the industry than you is if you see electronic wires running to it, we can probably control it one way or the other. More or less the, the, hard, the hard parts. You're not but like airflow, like I get got... electronics and making those go. hard parts work with the rest of your your platform is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So an engine computer doesn't doesn't monitor or care about the size of your intake. The only reason it would is because of your mass airflow sensor. So as long as we have a quickly scaled mass airflow sensor, there's nothing else to do with the intake. Your your engine computer doesn't care how how big your intercooler pipes are. It doesn't give a shit. There's no monitors there. There's, there's no tune adjustment there. There's nothing to do. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't do those mods? Of course not. Right? Like you're going to get lower GTs if you run it bigger intercooler pipes or a bigger intercooler like you should do that that's a good idea but there's nothing in the tune to make the truck run differently based on what size intercooler or intercooler pipes you have you know what i mean now those those yeah, mods went now as yep. a tuner working at a tuning because i i do not write tunes make that very clear um because it's it's so cool but it's so nerdy dude there's just it's it's much smarter than i could ever be um that's that's exactly where I said earlier. Pay the people that know what the hell they're doing. That's right, man. Um, now, now when the guys are building a tune, they see that you have 103 pound valve springs and heavy duty push rods, and and a fleece coolant bypass. They're like, okay, well, this guy's race tune. He probably wants it all because he can handle it. Whereas, in if you call in and you got an S364 and all stock for all of those other parts, so if you only upgraded your turbo, your injectors, and your CP3 technically your truck is capable of making the same power but i wouldn't recommend it if you were to call in and ask for the extra sauce on your tune that would be a lot less extra sauce i would throw on that truck than i would yours you know what i mean yep exactly gotcha so that that's really it's tuning in in general is just kind of basic concept right tuning is just basically changing how the computer tells stuff to work um but that fine tuning, that like custom tuning, those are things that take revisions. Like when, when we have a customer do a build in house, um, usually the tuners will grab the truck for a whole day. So they go out and they spend eight hours with the truck. They drive it around on the street. They tune it in the parking lot. They drive to lunch. They tune the parking lot. They come back. They put it on the dyno. They tune it on the dyno. They go out. They drive it on the street again. They tune it again. There's no one perfect tune to say like, oh, okay, you have these mods. Everybody gets this exact same file. To some extent, yeah, that works. But then we also know that that as you start to get a, hot, a bigger and bigger list of mods, it probably also means you know your truck better and better, and you know what you want from it. 
And when people know that, it makes it easier for your tuner to kind of dial in and be able to give it to you. You know, it's it's like I tell my toddler, cry all you want. If you don't tell me what you want, I can't fucking give it to you. Um, and, and, and that's what it comes down to with customers, you know. And I tell guys, like, you, you've, it looks like, like on your, your parts list here, it looks like you've been on a mad rush over the last year putting parts on the truck. And I love that. But, but we also ex- expect when we're talking to a guy like you to have spent this last year also thinking about, I do wish my spool up was quicker. I, I do tow a lot with the truck. I don't ever tow with anything. So I don't give a shit about a tow tune. I just want all the power. You know what I mean? Like a- as you're having fun in the truck, we ask our, our customers anyways here, um, think about it, you know, think about what do you like? Think about what don't you like, you know? Yep, exactly. And I actually did, uh, take my bank six gun off and I ended up getting an edge CTS two just for the monitor capability. Um, cause yeah, my next step down the line, once I get the rest of it done is to get some actual tuning done versus just saying, okay, yeah, I got all these parts. I got a bank six gun. Let's turn it up to five and hammer down. Cause it, I just know that that doesn't work. I mean, that, that works for the high school kid that wants to blow black smoke at everybody <laughs> he wants to see. But I grew out of that phase, thank God. And I just want clean, reliable power at this point. So I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, you, you got a great build. I think you're on the perfect setup to to get what you want out of the truck. I think this will be a home run for you. Um, I do think you're right, tying it all together with that custom tuning to make sure that that we are pulling those injectors back and that that pump back a little bit when we're when we're cruising around in town or we're sitting at idle. Right now, it's running stock calibration. So just think if, and I'm not like poking, but if if any company tells you this is 33% over pump and these are 25% over injectors, that means that on a stock calibration, you're sending a minimum of 25% more fuel into every single combustion event. Which is more than what it needs for what it's actually doing. It, uh, wait, it, it's 25% more than what it needs. Yep. <laughs> so so that that's where I try to remind guys, like, you, you got this great this great build put together. You got good gauges on it. You got everything you could to keep this truck reliable, which is really what a lot of these, these modifications scream to me is you're not a guy who's out drag racing every weekend. You're a guy who wants the truck to run forever. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think tie it together with some custom tuning and it'll be a home run. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> it's still be able to still be able to play. Yep, that's that's kind of my next step is yeah, get get everything else to play nice together and and hopefully like you say longevity is going to be the big kicker cuz like I said it was it was basically a debate of build this like I always said I was going to, you know, 10 years ago when I bought it or dump it and and let's get something new that I don't need to mess with, but where's the fun in that when I know where this truck has been, when I know what it's been through? where I know what it did, you know, the, uh, the owner before me pulled a camper to and from Texas with it in the wintertime. So very rarely did it see a mountain of snow, slush, ice, and it, it drug a camper around. And I know they weren't hard on it. It was an older retired couple. So I wasn't concerned at that point. Shit, it was barely broken when you got it. Yeah. Face it. They're made to last besides the (laughs) transmission. So it was to the point where, yeah, I just wanted I know, right? It was it was just something that I've always wanted to do, and it I had that opportunity to do it. So I convinced the wife of, like I say, quote unquote budget, and away we went. And then she saw the budget at the end, and we won't dive down that rabbit hole. But I guarantee, when she listens to this podcast, she's she's gonna glare at me a couple times. But it's all good. 
you know, the biggest advice I have, which is the advice that, you know, I've, I've heard you guys say on your podcast a bunch is do your homework before you, you dive in and, and do anything else. You know, it's one thing, like I said, right, wrong or indifferent. I picked my turbo and blew everything up from there, but pick a starting point, pick where you want to be and make sure you do all the, the supporting homework with it. Don't try and cheap out and well, to support 700 horse, I should have these bigger push rods or heavier valve springs or anything like that. But nah, I'm going to save money and not do it because I, I don't know about everybody else, but I only like to do shit once. I don't want to tear my whole motor apart, have to turn around and do it all again unless I'm putting more shit into it. But to, to do something twice where I was in there once already just doesn't trip my triggers. So do the homework. You know, don't be afraid to call these shops. You know, I was a little bit scared with some of them that, you know, it's little old me with my, my 600 horsepower build, but they treat you just like they do the guys that are wanting to throw down, you know, 1,500, 2,000 horse on a, on a drag truck or a sled puller. You're, you're still a customer to them, and that's that's the biggest kicker there. Well, I think that's great advice to end it on. Guys, for today, this has been Paul Wilson, and you just heard from Brent. Thank you so much for listening. COVID-19 has a bunch of people shacked up in their houses not doing a damn thing. 